friends. I hope y'all are having a lovely day. Max Mogren here, reporting from beautiful Alpine, Wyoming, with the first episode of what I guess we should call a podcast. Okay, we're slowing it down. Lately, with TikTok videos, little three-minute videos, 30-second videos, trying to cram as much information into the shortest possible time period to get it across to people and hold their attention. This ain't that. We're slowing it down. I got to remind myself because sometimes I forget how much I enjoy a good podcast just while you're out walking the dog or working in the shop, having somebody talking to you in the background, you know, having somebody out there sharing information with you, sharing their perspective, people having great conversations. I love it. So that's what this is. Episode one of what we're going to call the Mog Farts podcast. Today, it's a few days after Christmas. It sure is snowy out here in Idaho. Wow, we had a slow start to the winter, to say the least. But as usual, right around Christmas time, it picked up. We had a big geostorm, if you will, come rolling through. So did Tahoe. They got pummeled. And that's good to see. It's good to see some snowpack. Thank God. I've been skiing a lot, spending a lot of time with family, enjoying life, and doing battle with a book, a new book, Pandemia by Alex Berenson. I think that's how you pronounce it. Pandemia, Pandemia. I don't know. I'm going to say Pandemia. Anybody that follows my work on TikTok and Facebook and Telegram and all that knows that I just did a series of videos on Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s brilliant new bestseller, The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and The Global War on Democracy and Public Health. In my opinion, that book delivers. It's well-researched. It's very credible. RFK Jr. is a brilliant writer, cohesive, coherent. I can't recommend it enough. Anybody out there that hasn't read it, you know, can't afford a copy, hit me up with a direct message with your address. I'll send you one as a Christmas present. It's only 20 bucks online. And I've bought, man, I've bought a lot of copies of that book and sent them to a lot of people, all my family members. I lent it to some close friends, my roommate. Just passing it around to people because I think it's that important. So if you want a copy of that book, let me know. Maybe I can help you out. But, or better yet, help yourself because it's only $20 for the hardcover edition. I believe all proceeds and profits go to support RFK Jr.'s Children's Health Defense Organization. So that's great. It's a win-win. Can't say the same about Alex Berenson's new bestseller, not quite as high on the list as RFK Jr. I think he's at number eight on Amazon right now. RFK Jr. holding strong at number one. And while I was doing that series of videos on RFK Jr., some of my followers on TikTok, great people over there on TikTok, super great community, I must say, although I have questions and suspicions about the platform itself, but that's beside the point. This book was recommended to me in the comment section on TikTok. So I picked up a copy. Got it right here. Got my real Anthony Fauci. 
and my pandemia. For those of you watching, you can see, got the book, read the whole thing. I must admit, I almost didn't make it through it, though, because it was so frustrating. Excuse me. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I got to drink some water. I'm not used to this long format. Mm. Anyway, barely got through pandemia. It was a struggle. Not because it was too complicated or not because I don't like reading, but because early on in the book, I started getting the vibe that Berenson is controlled opposition, controlled dissent, giving us a limited hangout story on the COVID situation. He's a controlled contrarian. At least that's my opinion after reading the book. And I'm going uh, to like that. I might as well like my own post. Oh, I guess I can't. Not subscribed. Oh, shoot. Now we're in it. Hold the phone. It's long format. There it is. Alex Berenson. Is he controlled opposition over there on my sub stack? I just wrote this and I know, you know, it, you know, I don't like sitting down in front of a computer and reading something that takes like an hour to read. So I'm going to go ahead and read this one out loud to you. And you can decide for yourself what you think. Here's what I think after reading this book, really wrestling with it for a few weeks. You know, on one hand, I don't want to call somebody out as controlled opposition if some of what they're saying is true. But at the same time, Berenson crossed the line with me. And I think you're going to see why as I read this to you. Is Alex Berenson controlled opposition? A critical review of Alex Berenson's new bestseller, Pandemia. How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government Rights and Lives. I dove into Alex Berenson's underwhelming new book, Pandemia, immediately after devouring RFK Jr.'s brilliant number one bestseller must-read book, The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health which, by the way, has 4.8 stars from a whopping 4,200 reviews over there at Uncle Jeff's little online shop called Amazon. Though Berenson's Pandemia is also a top 10 Amazon bestseller with 4.9 stars from 800-plus Amazon reviews, it struck me as lacking in substance, conviction, and depth. At times, it even seems disingenuous and deceptive especially when contrasted with RFK Jr.'s latest book and the ongoing work of many brave doctors, scientists, journalists, activists, and critical-thinking, cool-headed citizens with common sense who have all bravely opposed the obvious techno-fascist, bioterrorist, COVID, Great Reset agenda. Surprisingly, Berenson's pandemia barely mentions any of our most powerful and influential allies in the fight against the official COVID narrative, but he devotes whole chapters to hyping up his own role in the ordeal. Berenson's bestseller also neglects to mention several of the most public people who clearly planned out, profited from, and power grabbed throughout the pandemic. Bill Gates is Berenson's biggest omission. Briefly, Mr. Berenson defines pandemia as one part pandemic to five parts hysteria, 
and blames this collective state of mind for the mass-mediated absurdity and institutionalized stupidity we have witnessed since COVID began. Berenson brings up some important points and tiptoes around the right side of history, but he does not give his readers the whole truth about the power players and institutionalized corruption underpinning the narratives and actions which brought on and have prolonged this unhealthy state of pandemia. Berenson comes off as a coincidence theorist, as if massive wealth and power is coincidentally consolidated by the mysterious materialization of blatant bioterrorism. Throughout the book, he reminds his readers that he is not a conspiracy theorist and seems to go out of his way to throw pulled punches at unnamed adversaries while reinforcing much of the narrative he claims to dispel. Berenson is nowhere near the tip of the spear, and Pandemia strikes me as a dull hatchet swung erratically by a beta male at some small branches of a deeply rooted tree. I give Pandemia two stars and would only recommend it as a small stepping stone on the long climb to a reality-based worldview high above the disgusting quagmire of deceptive propaganda. If you drank the corporate Kool-Aid wholeheartedly for the last two years and are now contemplating cancellation of your subscription to endless COVID boosters, this book may serve you well. If you are a free-thinking human with intact DNA, don't waste your time. After critically analyzing Pandemia, I have suspicions that Alex Berenson could be controlled opposition, presenting a limited hangout about the COVID pandemic. Here are several reasons why. One, Berenson's book blatantly omits several of the key players behind the COVID pandemic. For example, Bill Gates, arguably the most infamous, powerful, and profit-mongering public pusher of pandemia and pro-vax propaganda. Bill Gates is not even mentioned in Berenson's 454-page book, let alone cataloged in the index for convenient reference. Berenson does not see fit to address the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's unbelievably prophetic October 2019 event 201 global coronavirus pandemic simulation either. My mind boggles at the notion that a sincere journalist could legitimately explore how coronavirus hysteria took over our government rights and lives without making mention of the unusual machinations and techno-fascist recommendations of the organizations behind Event 201 and subsequent real-world COVID pandemic narrative pushers like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, and the World Economic Forum. World Economic Forum founder and global coronavirus pandemic Great Reset pusher man Klaus Schwab is notably absent from Berenson's book as well. In my opinion, these obvious omissions and Berenson's gentle handling of folks like Fauci who do get mentioned are major red flags. Two, 
Berenson ignores and omits many, if not all, of the most reputable, reliable, credentialed, and consistently correct COVID narrative contrarians. Pandemia makes no mention of leading lights like Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, Dr. Joseph Mercola, Dr. Peter McCullough, Minnesota State Senator Dr. Scott Jensen. Thank you, Dr. Jensen. Dr. Ryan Cole. Dr. Simone Gold or her Americans Frontline Doctors Group. Dr. Pierre Corey and his Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance Group. Dr. Kerry Mullis, the infamous inventor of the PCR test who is highly critical of Dr. Fraudchi before his time, untimely death in 2019, that is. Dr. Frank Rossetti and his protege, Dr. Judy Mikovits. Thank you, Dr. Rossetti and Dr. Mikovits. And Dr. Luc Montigny. Berenson doesn't mention any of these people amongst countless other reputable, reliable, credentialed, and consistently correct covid 19 narrative contrarians. Thank you all. Berenson only mentions Children's Health Defense founder and public health advocate RFK Jr. briefly alongside Naomi Wolf and dismisses them both as anti-vaxxers, spreading wild conspiracy theories, each more implausible than the last. Strangely, RFK Jr.'s name is not cataloged in the index, but Naomi Wolf is listed. Equally odd, Pandemia's index does include minor characters like Derek Chauvin, the Minneapolis police officer, and his victim George Floyd, alongside dozens of low-grade, well-paid, mainstream media peddlers of the official COVID propaganda which Berenson, for some strange reason, saw fit to weave into his narrative. Yes, my friends, countless brave, brilliant doctors, scientists, researchers, journalists, and activists have risked it all to selflessly share suppressed truths, literally save lives, and dispel our society's collective pandemia. Millions of people have spoken out against the official propaganda, and many of us have been blatantly censored and attacked in a myriad of other ways. But Berenson writes pretty much all of us out of his bestseller. Many of these folks, your humble author, me, Max Mogren, excluded, because <laughs> I ain't that important, could only be completely ignored by a journalist living under a rock or intentionally telling a woefully incomplete tale. Three, while ignoring pretty much every other prominent powerful ally in his purported fight against pandemia, popping my peas here, Berenson repeatedly portrays himself as the main character leading the charge against COVID propaganda. Whole chapters of Pandemia are devoted to sharing his struggles with disagreeable family and friends and his personal experiences with censorship and slander. Despite page after page after page highlighting his own efforts and perceived injustices, Berenson's approach to the overall censorship issue 
strikes me as myopic and self-censored. Why? Well, because he fails to mention any of the other COVID contrarians who suffered even more stifling fates and did not build, were not able to build, were not allowed to build similarly high-profile and profitable careers off of their COVID coverage. Strangely, throughout the last two years, while millions of concerned citizens were being shadow banned and deplatformed for debunking the official COVID narr narrative, Berenson rose to prominence from his lowly pre-pandemic status as a relative nobody with 7,000 Twitter followers. While other COVID contrarians experienced dwindling engagement and outright bans, Berenson's reach surged and he amassed at least 345,000 followers on Twitter before being permanently and exceptionally publicly banned on August 28th, 2021. Fortunately for Berenson, despite his Twitter ban, he amassed tens of thousands of paid subscribers on Substack thanks to 14 months of massive reach controversial coverage in prominent mainstream publications, and frequent guest appearances on corporate media outlets like Fox News and powerful podcasts like The Joe Rogan Experience. When Amazon allegedly threatened to forbid the sale of Berenson's series of unreported truths booklets, none other than Elon Musk came to his aid. And subsequently, those booklets became bestsellers on Amazon. It strikes me as odd how that worked out for him. Censorship sucks, but it can be a boon for any author when it doesn't actually occur. And one of the most beloved technocrat billionaires boosts your book sales. I can't help but wonder if Berenson's books, booklets were actually initially denied by Amazon when I look at my growing library of way more controversial COVID contrarian tomes purchased off of Amazon. Now, Pandemia is an Amazon bestseller, no doubt aided by the corporate media's current reporting on Berenson's legal battle against Twitter censorship and portrayals of him as the pandemic's wrongest man. In reality, Berenson's approach to the pandemic has more in common with the corporate media than with those of us he writes off as conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers. For example, in Pandemia, Berenson states that there is no evidence that hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, or even vitamin D are effective against COVID-19, and that he believes older folks should still get the COVID jabs, even though he admits that the jabs don't work as advertised. These are very mainstream views. In contrast, many of us pesky free-thinking humans completely distrust the corporate media's profit-driven drivel and have spent the last two years swiftly and succinctly debunking their incessant panic porn propaganda in real time. We are so wrong by corporate media standards that Berenson is not a true contender for the title of the pandemic's wrongest man. Oh no, there are many of us who are so wrong that it's right. We all know that any publicity is good publicity. 
Historically and currently, the corporate media simply ignores the vast majority of credible contrarians, much like Berenson himself has chosen to ignore his most powerful allies in the fight against pandemia. The fact that Berenson portrays himself as a heavily censored leading light while the corporate media portrays him as the heart of darkness, instead of just censoring and ignoring him, further supports the notion that he is controlled opposition, presenting us with a limited hangout. At a time when many doctors, scientists, and journalists who contradict the COVID narrative have their careers crushed, Berenson has garnered fame and fortune off of corporate-mediated controversy, best-selling books, and swelling ranks of paid subscribers. This is another major red flag in my not-so-humble opinion. Four, pandemia's coverage of officially suppressed yet globally utilized safe, effective, affordable COVID treatments like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, his coverage is pathetically inadequate. Throughout 454 pages, here is all that Berenson had to say about such pertinent, potentially life-saving, and pandemia-squashing topics. This is a quote from the book. Almost two years into the crisis, we have not failed to we have not just failed to find really effective new small molecule drug treatments for COVID. We do not even know if a long list of cheap drugs that are widely available might help. Would ivermectin? Who knows? Says Berenson. Hydroxychloroquine? Who knows? Probably not. Says Berenson. Vitamin D? Who knows? Come on, Berenson. You're so full of it. Fluvoxamine, who knows? Albuterol, who knows? The only medicine in this category that we know helps reduce mortality is the steroid dexamethasone. And we only know that because of a trial in Britain. Here's something else we know. The medical establishment, and especially the federal health bureaucracy, have been bizarrely reluctant to consider or test older and cheaper drugs. See, he's got a little truth in there. The quote continues. One more paragraph. Two more paragraphs. At every opportunity, they, they have treated these potential drugs with scorn, lavishing attention on expensive new drugs while lavishing attention on expensive new drugs such as remdesivir, which have so far failed to make any dent in the pandemic. Then he's got it in parentheses. He says, monoclonal antibodies do work and pharmaceutical companies deserve credit for developing those, but they are expensive and difficult to produce and thus hard to scale widely, even in the United States, much less across the world. Sounds like a lie there, Alex. Last paragraph of the quote, then we're going to break it down. Vaccines and mRNA vaccines in particular are the ultimate example of this obsession with new and expensive biotechnology. So that's a quote from Berenson's book, Pandemia. Let's unpack these paragraphs, shall we? By Berenson's logic, Big Pharma is obsessed with new and expensive biotechnology, but cannot provide adequate supplies of the monoclonal antibodies they deserve credit for developing because monoclonal antibodies are too expensive. Did you get that? This is an epic example of illogical mental gymnastics and kowtowing to the same corporations actively suppressing affordable treatments. Berenson finds it bizarre that Big Pharma would not seek older and cheaper drugs to treat COVID. 
Meanwhile, everybody with a functioning prefrontal cortex knows that massive corporations and governments cannot help but conspire to maximize profit and consolidate power. That is literally what these organizations are designed to do. Even our currency, the money supply itself, is rooted in an obvious conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yes, I said it. Conspiracy. But these basic foundational facts underpinning modern civilization are elusive and puzzling to serious journalists like Berenson. It's called racketeering, bud. Look it up. Most absurdly, Berenson tells us we do not know if vitamin D helps the human immune system fight off a wide variety of diseases. It does. And we have known this for decades. Regarding COVID, even mainstream newspapers are currently reporting on how important vitamin D is to defeating the disease. To quote yesterday's Minneapolis Star Tribune, by January 2021, the scientific support for vitamin D supplementation was strong enough that former U.S. General, I should probably do this in a Minnesota accent, eh? The former U.S. Surgeon General Richard Carmona pleaded in writing, don't let COVID-19 patients die with vitamin D deficiency. We can't wait for perfect evidence, don't you know? He and his co-authors wrote, Given the safety profile of vitamin D, the 40% prevalence of vitamin D deficiency in the U.S., and the fact that this season, winter, will likely be the deadliest phase of the pandemic to date, we need to act now. January 2021. Identifying and eradicating vitamin D deficiency with early and aggressive supplementation in COVID-19 has the potential to save thousands of lives and should be one of our highest public health priorities. Minneapolis Star Tribune, thank you for putting out a little truth. Appreciate that. Berenson tells us, so yeah, Berenson says vitamin D has no efficacy against COVID. Like, what kind of crack are you smoking out there in New York City, bud? Berenson tells us that the widely utilized, safe, affordable, broad-spectrum antiviral zinc ionophore, we all know zinc's good for you, right? Well, this stuff helps zinc get into your cells. What is it? It's hydroxychloroquine. But Berenson said it probably does not work against COVID, against coronaviruses. Okay, Alex, he's wrong. It does work. And we have known this with ever-increasing confidence since the Zelenko protocol was widely publicized in April and May of 2020. Even the guy responsible for 9-11, one of the guys, Rudy Giuliani, spoke out about it, saved his constituents the hassle of not having the treatment. And old Donnie T told everybody too. So the, you know, the Trump lovers, the Giuliani lovers were protected. All those lefties, they were born and bred to hate Trump. Not so much. I don't get down with any of those political parties, but that's how it was. I'm just sharing the story. Onward. Berenson wrote the word ivermectin exactly once in pandemia. And it's not in the index, by the way. 
and he tells us nobody knows whether or not it works. Meanwhile, doctors in several countries like Japan and El Salvador have effectively ended the pandemic by approving and widely prescribing ivermectin. Of course, the corporate media tells us otherwise, but real journalists like David DeGraw, David DeGraw, the founder of the Occupy movement, love you, David, thank you for your work, Real journalists like David DeGraw were showcasing mountains of good science supporting ivermectin as a COVID treatment well over a year ago. And I got a link to one of David's articles. I can't recommend his work enough. Check it out. Sadly, by Berenson's illogic, we will only know whether or not these drugs work when the corporate media decides to cover conclusive double-blind placebo testing of these drugs conducted by the same corrupt governments and conspiring corporations that have held the world hostage for the last two years. Yes, Alex, that's bizarre. Indeed. <laughs> Any serious journalist, I mean, let's be real. Let's be real here. Any serious journalist seeking to explain, as is the subtitle of Berenson's book, how coronavirus hysteria took over our government rights and lives. Keep wishing, Alex. We're not there yet, bud. Hasn't taken over my life and all the people listening to this, I'm sure. So thanks, Alex. Thanks for putting such depressing words in the title of your book. Kind of steering the conversation in a negative way, aren't you? But anyway, any serious journalist seeking to explain how coronavirus hysteria took over our government rights and lives would devote at least a chapter or two out of this page with 37 chapters, this book with 37 chapters. They would devote at least a chapter or two to discussing how that hysteria was largely driven by the belief that there were no safe and effective treatments prior to the heavily hyped up experimental injections. In contrast, RFK Jr.'s coverage of this topic provides a great example of how that is done. Berenson's coverage of this crucial topic is frankly bullshit. Reason number five, pandemia pulls its punches in other ways, notably while not addressing the financial incentives and shysty standards used to boost COVID death counts and his coverage of the unreliable false positive producing PCR tests used to boost COVID case numbers and the pandemia Berenson purports to battle. For the sake of brevity, I am only going to dive into his coverage of the COVID death statistics. By now, we all know that COVID-related does not mean COVID-caused, and that many deaths were categorized as COVID deaths despite serious comorbidities and even more obvious actual causes of death like accidents, drug overdoses, suicides, and so forth. For example, and this is true, a 95-year-old American, this is hypothetical, it's true, but it's hypothetical. A 95-year-old American who died in, a, in the ER after a car wreck while simultaneously suffering from chronic obesity, Alzheimer's, heart disease, diabetes, and terminal cancer could be called a COVID death, even without a positive COVID test, 
if the healthcare professionals treating that patient and filling out their death certificate wanted to collect some of the government funds doled out to hospitals dealing with COVID patients and cataloging COVID deaths. American hospitals have been eligible for $13,000 payouts for each COVID patient and $39,000 for each COVID patient put on a ventilator. Of course, a surefire way to get that government cheese is to categorize patient deaths as COVID deaths. These blatantly unethical financial incentives were exposed by folks like Minnesota State Senator and MD Scott Jensen in the early days of the pandemic, though the so-called fact checkers still insist that this scam did not promote ventilator use or boost the number of reported COVID cases and deaths. That fact checker perspective is absurd, especially in a nation with a profit-driven healthcare system and at a time when many of the healthcare industry's profit-generating services were suspended due to the expected overwhelming pandemic. Even private citizens can get in on the action. To this day, FEMA will dole out up to $9,000 to cover funeral costs if, and only if, the death is officially categorized as a COVID death. And in the article, I've got a link to that. It's funny, I didn't know that until just a couple days ago. Uh, and I, it's funny, I found out from the Jackson Hole Daily, the local rag, uh, in their business section, FEMA aids in COVID-19 funeral cost. As of, here's, a, here's from a quote from the Jackson Hole Daily. I'll read it in a Jackson Hole accent. As of December 6th, about 226,000 people had shared in the nearly $1.5 billion that FEMA has spent on funeral costs that occurred after January 20th, 2020, the date of the first confirmed case of COVID-19 in the U.S. So serious. Put your mask on, bro. With the nation's coronavirus death toll topping 800,000, it's clear that many families who are eligible for reimbursement have yet to take advantage of this important funeral benefit. So there you go. Now up to $9,000 to cover your funeral costs. I think, you know, if you want more of something, subsidize it. That's what Dr. Paul says. Oh, by the way, Dr. Paul, not mentioned in Berenson's book. Another leading light, reputable, credible, credentialed, and consistently correct. Thank you, Dr. Paul. But Berenson, he don't mention Ron Paul. He also fails to mention those financial incentives. But he did do a decent enough job, I must admit, describing how government agencies like the CDC modified official death reporting procedures to pad the numbers of COVID-related deaths. Unfortunately, Berenson cushions his blows and obscures the truth of the matter with statements like this. This is a quote from Berenson. I can't do a, a New York beta male, New York Times veteran accent, so I'm just going to read it. Still, the obvious mistakes make up only a small fraction of the total reported COVID deaths. In its 2021 review, the CDC put that number at 3%. Breaking news from Berenson. Breaking news from Berenson. CDC says new CDC death reporting standards only overinflated COVID deaths by 3%. That's like saying the NYPD reviewed widespread allegations of corruption 
and police brutality and found itself in innocent in 97% of instances. In reality, by August 2020, even the CDC itself admitted that 94% of reported COVID-related deaths occurred in Americans with an average of 2.6 comorbidities. Berenson never mentions this bomb cell at shell admission, making his pulled punches even more obvious. Let's look at another example of Berenson's questionable coverage of COVID deaths. This is a quote from Berenson. COVID victims with dementia, Alzheimer's disease, or cancer accounted for over 100,000 of the dead in the United States through late spring 2021. For those people, it could be impossible to, to distinguish between dying from COVID and with COVID. But they were all counted as COVID deaths. And he's spitting a little truth there. But the quote continues. That said, that said, says Berenson, COVID clearly did kill hundreds of thousands of Americans in 2020. The reason we can be so sure, the reason Berenson is so sure, is that about a half million more Americans died in 2020 than 2019. A total of 2,854,000 Americans died in 2019, compared to 3,358,000 in 2020. End quote from Berenson. Rest in peace to everybody who died from COVID, everybody that lost a loved one to COVID or anything else this year. I'm not trying to belittle the dead here, just getting to the heart of the matter. Back to the article. Despite almost acknowledging the CDC's blatantly deceptive COVID death reporting standards, Berenson is so sure that COVID killed hundreds of thousands of Americans in seeming lockstep with the official narrative because he downplays the obvious. For starters, every year more Americans die compared to the previous year because our population is growing by approximately 0.6% annually and our population is increasingly elderly, obese, mentally ill, impoverished. I didn't put that in the article, but I should. Living in poverty, living paycheck to paycheck, just struggling to get by, stressed out, you know, that'll kill some people. And otherwise, unhealthy. The official response to the pandemic exacerbated these trends in massive ways, which obviously account for some of the excess deaths reported in the highly suspect official statistics. For example, according to the U.S. News and World Report, this is a quote, since the pandemic began, 42% of adults in the U.S. reported gaining an undesired amount of weight according to a Harris poll conducted in February 2021. U.S. adults reported gaining an average of 29 pounds. 29 pounds per person in 42% of the adult population. Obesity kills. An American obesity surged more than ever before since pandemia took hold. Mental illness exploded in America as well. According to an article published in The Lancet on October 8th, 2021, this is a quote. By the way, this is a global study. 
We estimated that the locations hit hardest by the pandemic in 2020 as measured with decreased human mobility and daily SARS-CoV-2 infection rate had the greatest increases in prevalence of major depressive disorder and anxiety disorders, depression and anxiety. That's what they're saying. We estimated an additional 53.2 million cases of major depressive disorder globally. That's an increase of 27.6% due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We also estimated an additional 76.2 million cases of anxiety disorders globally, an increase of 25.6%, end quote. The pandemic and state of pandemia, as Barron's puts it, hit the USA harder than most other countries, most other nations. So these global depression and anxiety increase estimates certainly reflect the situation here. I could throw a thousand more scary statistics at you, but let's just look at two. A study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association found a 14% increase in alcohol consumption among survey participants above pre-pandemic levels. And almost 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses in 2020, a 30% increase from the year before. How many additional drug over how many additional drug overdose deaths went unreported due to social stigmas or were mislabeled as COVID deaths? We don't know. How many suicides went unreported due to social stigmas or were mislabeled as COVID deaths? We don't know. How many Americans died because the lockdowns and climate of fear led to unhealthy living, overeating, inactivity, obesity, social isolation, depression, anxiety, and subsequent deaths of despair, tragic deaths of despair, we don't know. How many Americans died because the healthcare system suspended offering treatment for a variety of serious diseases due to its debilitating obsession with COVID? We don't know. How many Americans died because they avoided healthcare due to fear of contracting COVID? How many Americans died because of growing and justifiable distrust in the healthcare system? How many Americans could not afford healthcare due to financial hardships brought on by the pandemic response? We don't know. How many Americans died because the healthcare system misdiagnosed other diseases as COVID based on unreliable, inaccurate PCR tests? How many Americans died because the healthcare system did not offer outpatient treatment to people correctly and incorrectly diagnosed with COVID? How many Americans died because our healthcare system ignored and then suppressed safe, effective, affordable COVID treatments while pushing ineffective, expensive drugs that are also dangerous, like remdesivir, 
and dangerous invasive procedures like mechanical ventilation, right? They held back the cheap stuff that actually worked and pushed the ridiculously expensive stuff that doesn't. How many people died because of that? We don't know. We don't know a lot, which prompts the obvious question. Why is Berenson so sure that COVID caused hundreds of thousands of excess American deaths in 2020? Personally, I myself am growing increasingly sure that Berenson cannot be trusted. And number six, the last reason. Berenson went to Yale, spent 10 years writing for the New York Times before leaving that career to write spy novels, that's a little odd, and a book demonizing marijuana. Also, his wife is an MD practicing forensic psychiatry. In my experience, and typically, and I'm sure we can all agree, the apple usually does not fall too far from the tree. Yale is an elite Ivy League indoctrination camp, and education there is a red flag. The New York Times is a propaganda rag that still hasn't told us the truth about 9-11, a false flag terror attack used to perpetuate an endless war of terror around the world and the building of a global police state that occurred in the New York Times' backyard. Berenson's 10-year career with them is a red flag. Berenson's efforts to demonize marijuana, the most commonly prescribed natural remedy in America pre-Rockefeller medicine, and Berenson's penchant for penning spy novels, those are both red flags for me as well. Lastly, and this one is admittedly a bit of a stretch, Berenson's marriage to an MD who isn't a vocal public opponent of pandemia strikes me as a red flag as well. Why? In my experience, most MDs have been so brainwashed by their pharma-funded education in Rockefeller medicine that they actively engage in and spread the pseudoscientific pandemia Alex Berenson purports to battle. Additionally, most people do not bite the hand that feeds, and the Berensons strike me as a very well-fed bunch. Berenson's wife is Jacqueline A. Berenson, MD. According to her website, this is a quote, Dr. Berenson completed residency training in general adult psychiatry at the teaching hospitals of Harvard Medical School. She then completed a research fellowship in forensic psychology at New York State Psychiatric Institute and Columbia University, followed by a combined Columbia Cornell University clinical fellowship in forensic psychiatry. She is double board certified by the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology with general adult and forensic psychiatry. She has extensive experience in criminal forensic evaluations with a particular focus on issues related to criminal responsibility, risk assessment, and psychopathy. Dr. Berenson is an assistant professor of psychiatry at Columbia University in New York City. That's Berenson's wife, end quote. Those are rather impressive, those are rather impressive credentials and ties to powerful institutions. I would love to hear what Dr. Berenson has to say about the COVID situation. 
She strikes me as equally, if not more qualified than her husband to talk about the criminal mentality and institutionalized corruption that has misled humanity into pandemia. All things considered, I won't be holding my breath in hopes that she will stand up alongside her husband and save us from pandemia. In closing, Pandemia strikes me as a book written for coincidence theorists who cannot or will not publicly connect the most obvious dots. Berenson does not give us the real dirt. He does not name the names like Bill Gates. He does not debunk the science, the science with a capital dollar sign. He does not debunk the fake science with the real science. In fact, he tells us the otherwise. And most importantly and tragically, he does not promote potentially life-saving suppressed treatments. Yet they call him the pandemic's wrongest man. I did not find pandemia exceptionally informative and neither will my fellow media literate and reality-based critical thinkers. You know who you are. We know who we are. We are commonly mislabeled even by beta male bullies like Berenson himself, with demogatory dismissals, derogatory dismissals, like conspiracy theorist, truther, and anti-vaxxer. Berenson, come up with a real argument. Stop calling people names. Whether born from sincerity or shystiness, Berenson's book is not all bad and may be beneficial to help wake up loved ones currently wallowing in the pharma-funded, bankster-backed, globalist-spawned, government-mandated, corporate-mediated, pandemia-pushing narrative. And hey, you know what? I like his term, pandemia, which, I, which is why I've chosen to use it throughout this article. That said, my BS detector tells me Berenson is controlled opposition, feeding the populace a severely limited hangout that writes off conspiratorially orchestrated crimes against humanity as a product of incompetence and collective hysteria. I give Pandemia two stars out of five. I would give the book one star if Berenson wasn't at least providing some truth that could be helpful to severely brainwashed readers. So there you go. Mog Farts, episode one, in the can. I don't have too much else to say. My throat's a little dry. While I was in the middle of recording that, my girlfriend and my dog came home, so I'm going to go say hi to them and have a lovely evening. And I hope you all do, too. Thanks for listening to this. Appreciate all y'all out there paying attention. I know these are crazy times. We're living in one of the wildest times in the history of the world. And it's easy to get depressed, but we shouldn't do that. We got to stay up. We got to stay positive. We got to be the change, as Gandhi said, right? I know it's cliche. We've been taught. We've been taught to be cynical. We've been taught to be depressed. We've been poisoned. And not just with bad food, bad water. Bad medicine, bad air, bad electromagnetic frequencies, and bad education. Now, we've been poisoned, well, like education, with bad information. Remember, friends of mainstream media, 
is specifically designed to distract us, to divide us, to deceive us, to deter us from taking positive action. It's designed to take our power away. And most importantly, specifically designed to depress the living shit out of us. So my advice to you, don't let the bastards get you down. Keep speaking up. Keep waking them up. Keep taking your care of yourselves and the ones you love. Y'all have a great day. One love. Peace.